really been getting to know each other for some time now, Monica. You're everything that I feel like I want. Let me stop you right there. I just feel like we've been dating for so long and I don't know, like I'm just ready for our family and I feel like you've just been the perfect guy to me. It's just everything is coming together like the universe is on our side. I was just going to let you know that I'm by. Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, and this issue covers black sex in the city. <laughs> All right, so today we have a have a uh, a guest a guest with us today who has done some amazing things uh, somebody i think we need to be on the lookout for and uh i'm gonna let this man introduce himself and uh you know give you as little or as much social media shit as you want to okay <laughs> well thank you for having me first and i'm philip johnson i'm the ceo of philly films incorporated and the creator of the YouTube web series Black Sex in the City. You can find me on Instagram at Philae, Philae spelled P-H-I-L-A-Y-E, on Twitter at Philae Films, Facebook Philae Films, um, YouTube Philae Films, Black Sex in the City, whatever you want to type in. <laughs> okay, okay, good deal, good deal. And of course, listeners, as usual, those links will be in the show notes. So when you're listening to this episode, go ahead and click on the expand button, check them out, and uh, you know, hit them up and let them know what's up. So uh, that being said, when you're listening to this episode of Carefree Black Nerd, use the hashtag CBNPod. Let us know that you're listening. Make this a conversation. Reach out to Phil and let him know what you like. You know, if this is new to you, the content you never heard of before, and now you do, and so go ahead and support. Now, Philip, Mr. Johnson. Ah, <laughs> films. So, before getting into all the, the creative, amazing shit you've been doing, who is Philip? Who is Mr. Johnson? Um, Philip, so I'm a 23-year-old black gay male living in New York City. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Okay. And I went to University of Michigan and studied business. And now I'm actually in my last couple couple of weeks of living in new york city mm. and on january 31st i'm moving to los angeles and trying to spread my wings to the place <laughs> to make all my dreams happen so <laughs> so yeah cool 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 okay well um another midwesterner i am actually from flint michigan and went to the university of michigan my day oh. myself yeah yeah so oh, that's cool yeah cool. And, the world uh, is so small. That's very, crazy. <laughs> very, That's crazy. Very. Yeah, I literally well, did that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, you know, it's, it is. I'm in Texas now. I'm down here in the South. It's cool and all, but yeah, I am a Midwesterner at heart or at birth or whatnot. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, so Yoshi, okay, kind of getting ahead. One thing I do appreciate, and I'm going to say that up front, watching your work, and seeing Michigan so prominently in the way that when you watch the 90s shows, you see the HBCU apparel, you see all of this <laughs> stuff that's, you know, from the influence of the person who created the show. So I did enjoy seeing you in a Michigan shirt or seeing a big-ass banner or flag behind you. Like, all that shit 
that did it for me. <laughs> I'm glad you liked that. I'm glad. I was really happy at the different parts where Michigan was put in. <laughs> yeah, 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 same here, same here. Uh, so, Black Sex in the City, what is this? For someone who has never heard of it, new to all this shit, what is Black Sex in the City? Black Sex in the City is a... I don't know what you want to call it, a romantic comedy, a sitcom, a dramedy, whatever it is. It is a comedic web series on YouTube about black dating in the 21st century in big cities, but also just in general. So, yeah, that's pretty much and it, especially covers LGBTQ dating specifically, although there is a little straight dating sprinkled in there. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good job with this, man. This, I was thoroughly entertained. I enjoyed it. Now, where did Black Sex in the City come from? Like, is it, it where did it come from? Yeah. <laughs> um, Black Sex in the City was really unplanned, honestly. So, I had started uh, YouTube back in, I think it was February of last year. Okay. And I was just doing, I had kind of known from a few months before starting that TV and going into TV was my goal. But when I first started YouTube, mm -hmm. I didn't really have that much of a vision or direction of what exactly I was doing with it. So I had just been trying a couple of fun things out. And in, in the second month, I'm like, my friend and I had decided we were going to do a little talk show format thing called Black Sex in the City. And we were mm -hmm. just going to talk about fun little topics about dating. So that's what the first episode was. It was just going to be one of the many things on the YouTube channel. But then for the second one, I came up with the randomly in the shower, a script came to me mm -hmm. of just a bisexual man coming out to his girlfriend and how it goes. So it's just a little just a little script. I filmed it on my iPhone with a friend who was visiting in town. We were like, oh, whatever. Then we just went to brunch. Mm -hmm. And when I dropped it, everybody demanded more. Like people thought it was so funny when I mean, when I made it i of course to a certain extent i thought it was funny but i was shocked because people were like demanding more so from there on i invested in a camera and equipment okay. and uh for the next nine months i was doing black sex in the city and there's two seasons so it really just it was a spur of the moment decision <laughs> uh, uh, and i'm so happy i'll i would say this i watched the watched through like the first season and maybe one or two episodes of the second but when i got to work yesterday my the chick that's sitting next to me i'm like you gotta see this she's like oh you over there laugh or whatever it's it, you know humor is different you know varies by each person but i was literally in tears at times while watching this series like i'm like you need to watch this <laughs> homeboy behind me you need to watch this like i'm putting everybody on like watch this fucking series <laughs> because it's just so funny like yo, i appreciate that oh i like it's it's ridiculous like there was one line that you had i'm trying i can't even remember which episode but uh you home uh uh uh, uh fuck 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 homeboy and his lover was together but he wasn't out yet and he was like mad laying on a bed and dude laid behind him he was like well touch me nigga i'm i'm uh i ain't straight i'm in the closet oh or yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> just that was shit. the realest shit because whoever has a little relationship argument it's always like okay we're mad but you better still touch me at least. That was just a little silly part. <laughs> yeah, but it's just so many. Ah, nigga, and then it was. I'm, I'm a gush for a minute. It was 
when Homeboy was at the uh, at the the social media branding company, and he was like, "You're on thin ice." You're like, "Well, isn't all ice thin uh, with global warming?" Some shit, and I was like, "Man, why is this shit oh. so fucking funny to me, man?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you find it funny. <laughs> bro, bro, yes, yes. This is yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Kudos to you, man. Kudos to you for real. Oh shit. So um talk about the show's beginning. So you said it started off as like a talk show, but then you kinda of morphed into this series. What was that process like? Like was it um Yeah, just just explain that process of switching. I think what kind of happened was that I almost stumbled upon the my talent with making the scripted show by mistake. Mm-hmm. I had already known that what I wanted to go into was TV, but it was almost it, when I decided, um, it was about maybe nine months before I started actually the web series. Mm-hmm. I had decided that going into film and TV, the movie industry was my passion, but I didn't really know if I had the skill. I had never done anything at mm-hmm. all. Well, except maybe a play in second grade or little stuff like that. Nothing really told me that I had the skill. Mm-hmm. It was just a pipe dream kind of. Mm-hmm. And then when I made that second, uh, the second episode though that was the script and everybody loved it it's like all of a sudden things became clear to me and i was like wow this is i'm at this place right now for a reason and god wants me to go this direction for a reason so like i started investing just a lot of money and time and everything in because i realized this was my opportunity i was waiting on some opportunity to just be able to magically go into the film industry without any experience Mm -hmm. then i realized i could create what i wanted right where i was and that's when i decided that i was just gonna go hard at what i was doing yeah yeah and i am 100 percent grateful for it because man when i tell you it's something about and you said you're 23 is that correct yes something about younger people and it's like oh man you young kids but something about younger people grabbing the bull by its horns in a sense like it's no longer that go to high school go to college get this career 2.5 kids white picket fence you're just the story of shit let me shoot this on my phone it got good reviews let me make this a thing something about being creative and just putting yourself out there that i i feel like is i don't want to say lost but it is it's something that's always so fascinating to me no matter who does it no matter if it's art uh, painting, if it's drawing, if it's film, like it's, ah, I don't know. I just thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for the encouragement. This yeah. is great. <laughs> now, like, I, and, and I tell you, and I say this because I, when you you get people who are sometimes afraid to take that leap of faith or to you know walk out on faith or whatever and you did wrenching uh god and your religion in it and that's all fine and well um let me just use the example being in michigan i moved to atlanta and when i moved to atlanta lived there for a while moved back home to take care of some things everyone who i met was like oh i would love to move to atlanta and i was like so just fucking go you know <laughs> like get your affairs in right. order and go right it, it just felt like people were more excited to talk about what they'd like to do as opposed to doing it and to that's hear you true say, that's definitely true it's yeah it's 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 it wasn't it's not frustrating because you know you got to let people be where they're at but hearing you say well shit this is what i did you know it was just it felt right so i did it it's like man if more people would just take a leap of faith even if you fall flat on your face you know you tried it so ah that makes me enjoy your uh programming so much more 
than just yeah because oh <laughs> well, oh. well i'm glad because it's like sometimes i honestly forget that it's not how um everybody necessarily lives because i'm a very impulsive and impatient person so once i decide i want something or want to do something mm-hmm. it takes everything in me to not just do it right then like okay. i'm moving to la in a few weeks but i decided i wanted to leave new york and move there a whole year ago now but mm-hmm. literally killed me to not just pack up and leave then and <laughs> But I needed to stay at my job at least a year mm-hmm. so that I could be acceptable and stuff. But mm-hmm. my natural instinct is to do whatever I want to do in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I don't have an apartment secured for L.A. I don't have a job secured. All I have is a one-way ticket for January 31st. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll just figure it out as I go. Because that's yeah. what I did the way I moved to New York, too. So That's, that's what's up. That, so t- talk about that. Talk about moving from... Michigan to now what where in Michigan you said you're from Detroit I'm from Detroit yes okay so talk and about and went that. to University of Michigan how was Ann Arbor or Ann Arbor right yeah Ann Arbor so I lived in Ann Arbor for the four years okay moving. basically lived there, yeah <laughs> so what is that what is that like was it just okay I'm about to graduate I'm out I'm going to New York like how was that um it was actually a whole process. So I graduated in April of 2017, and I was supposed to be getting my master's of accounting the next year at Michigan. But the thing is, when I graduated, my boyfriend and I also broke up, and he was the only reason I was staying at Michigan for the master's. Mm-hmm. So it got to a point where I realized that I needed to figure out what my next steps were. I had been slowly getting inspired to go more into a creative realm, but basically a lot of events happened a lot of crazy just ridiculous things happened and i ended up in june before the right when my 22nd birthday hit mm-hmm. i withdrew withdrew from my master's program and just moved to new york and i was living off a relocation loan for the first months i didn't have a job the first months people were just i had people in my life like oh what are you really doing but then after three months i ended up right Right when I was about to go home, back to Detroit, I got a job as a financial analyst at Ralph Lauren. Mm. So it ended up working out. I started uh, blogging because I had decided that I wanted to go into TV right before moving to New York. So then I started blogging. I got the job at Ralph Lauren as a way to start writing and hopefully get noticed so I can move into the industry. Then me going to YouTube was the same thing, except I had lost my sight of the shows, the TV, the film. It was a blessing when people liked that script because it reminded me what I was even here for. Because mm, mm. I had almost forgotten. That's, so, yeah. Man, that's, you, you said a lot right there, man. That's, ah, oh, man. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just in awe because uh, you're a, a young black boy with aspirate. Well, you're a grown man, but you know, a young black boy <laughs> doing it, you know, making stuff work. And I feel like a lot of these stories you don't get so often. You cut on TV and it's, you know, cisgendered, blonde haired, blue eyed guy or girl trying to make their way in LA or make it in a big city, New York. But you don't yeah. hear these stories. And I, I just. Like I said, everything you're saying is making me appreciate your series that much more. So, man. oh, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Okay, so you you in Michigan, moved to New York, make the series. Now, in the series, again, I'm going you know fan out for a minute. One thing I think you do very well is you take the comedy and you take a solid 
stories start middle beginning, middle, and end, and you also add in something I'll say educational or that makes sense. Like when you did the social medias of it all, you did the STDs and the online dating. Everything seemed to be a very fine, well put together project, start to end, but also balance that comedy and that like information. How? <laughs> How are you doing this? (laughs) So the nice thing about, so the way that I've done the series is I shoot all episodes. I write all episodes and everything on a rolling basis. So I'm only working on one project at a time. Every episode I look at as pretty much a whole movie. Mm -hmm. Like I need, I start, I get the vision, I get the creative vision and I'm excited about it. I start writing the script and then I just go through the script line by line, word by word, punctuation mark by punctuation mark until I think that every single thing in the script is intentional. I think intentionality is the biggest thing because it's very easy to be like, oh, well, I have to fill this conversation up and just have lines that are kind of boring or just kind of lazy. And I like to not at all be lazy with the art. I'm a perfectionist, so it's like I know how important it is in today's digital age with everybody so distracted and with mm-hmm. so much oversaturated content online, I know how important it is to engage the audience and to capture and maintain their attention. So I really work hard, hard to do that. Okay. Okay. You do a damn good job of it. Cause uh, that's the other thing. All these <laughs> episodes, man, they feel like standalone episodes. Like you see it, like, uh, but they, That's what I really want to. <laughs> it's for real because when I when I was at work today, I watched. Um, I started over again uh, from season one, episode one, all the way through, and I told my homegirl to watch. Was she started with the finale, the season two finale? And I'm like, man, no, don't watch that. Watch this. But by that time, she was like halfway through, but still went back at the beginning. Didn't miss a beat. Everything. You know, still made sense and it was still funny. It didn't want a lot of spoilers and this and that, but it was. I think you did a really good job at making sure every episode could stand alone if you didn't see anything else. So, another. See, that you know, makes me very happy for you to because that really is the type of show I want. Yeah. I want a show that's like a black modern family. That's what I've dreamed of for years now, being able to create something I believe is like a black modern family. And that's mm-hmm. what I think they do so well with that show. Yeah, I yeah. watch it every single day at lunch on my lunch break. <laughs> and I have for years now mm-hmm. because you can watch any episode and I mean, it's just the best thing you've ever seen. So yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I aspire to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I enjoy the show as well. And now that you say that, that does, man. Kudos to you. I'm I'm gonna be saying that the whole time. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> one thing my homegirl wanted to know. I said, look, I'm, I'm about to talk to this dude. Let me know. What, give me a question. She said, what she wants to know is, and shout out to you, Jakia. What? How the hell are you coming up with? your stories um kind of taking it back to everything feeling standalone in season two especially Uh there seems to be an overarching storyline but even within that every episode still stands alone so (laughs) jakia wants to know how the hell is you doing this man (laughs) um it really comes from so with the first very first episode that was scripted the bye one that Mm -hmm. one was honestly just a mistake it was just like oh i'm just doing this for fun whatever i didn't really even realize it was a topic that Mm -hmm. was all gonna be strong 
getting controversial. I didn't even realize. I was just doing it for fun. But all the other ones, I think the key ha- for me has been starting with the title. Because YouTube makes that very important since mm-hmm. that is going to be the first thing that people see. Mm-hmm. So starting with the title and thinking of what is going to be the major like thing about this. What is going to be the thing that makes this stand out or makes this topic just strong mm-hmm. so from the strong topic i honestly don't need it's like little things throughout i it's i don't even honestly know how i come up with the stories because <laughs> they're not really my life like even the coming out one wasn't mm-hmm. my life at all my coming out experience was nothing like that yeah. i came out through only text messages it was much less dramatic like all the episodes are just super dramatized and fictional mm-hmm. so i really don't know where they come from i just i try to think of what'll be funny yeah and just impactful and also feasible because of course i have budget restraints and just everything so i don't know it just that's, comes to me well that's <laughs> that's that's more than enough uh a good enough reason because I, I feel you and i i don't over exaggerate when i tell you i'm we're laughing like i'm um like we did the coming out episode and I watched that and just the the dialogue and then the brothers showing up and then the, the shit that was said. Like it's, bro, you you did that. Like and I, I don't Thank you so much. Man, for real. Like I'm I'm a fan. I am a fan. Cause at first when I start watching the series from start to finish, I watched it at work, which is I probably shouldn't do that, but so what? And I I wasn't able to focus. And in between projects, I'm like, okay, this episode is four minutes. I got, you know, some time to watch this. On my break, I could watch this. I could watch that. <laughs> but I find myself getting more excited and more invested to the point where me and her are both going back and forth. I'm like, okay, did you get to this part yet? Hurry up. Get off that call. Let me know this, <laughs> that. So, <laughs> shout out. I mean, the nine to five, we, you know, they ain't too happy with you, but we happy with you because this shit. I don't even good. think you know how exciting this is for me to hear, honestly. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm in heaven right now listening to you. Like, I'm, I'm glad because honestly, like we said before, like when you, I'm going to say like a hundred times too, but when you cut on the TV, you do not see a lot of what's being shown. Um, and then even if you are, let's say, I guess we, that's what it is. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, and it, and it's it's like you're satisfying a need that I feel like some people didn't know they had, and uh, some people did know, and I'm hoping that you know by talking to you today we get this uh, brand videos name all that out to more people because it, you do a really good job at doing what I feel like other shows that are full of cis hetero people with the token gay guy do they they show you these experiences of these people and it's normal you know and i think you do a very good job with doing that and with having different kinds of of uh and i'm going to i'll just say queer as all-encompassing people you know these different men that are on the show whatever purpose they're serving they all they don't all look like one person it's not all one tall dark-skinned dude one tall light-skinned guy one very thin like they all look different and it's uh, right i think it's needed <laughs> uh, well, i'm happy that you enjoy yeah for real so i i, I can tell you i got to the end i was pissed off and what no more i said all right nigga come on <laughs> give me something else guys <laughs> oh no shoot. in the new show is coming early this year because i'm such a psycho that i not make content it's just Good. it's impossible i already am 
I already have the next show in the works, and okay. it'll start releasing in March or April. So now, is this next show part of the Black and Sex in the City, or is this a different show, or is it? It's a whole new show. Okay, okay, good deal, good deal. Yep. So, mm. so speaking about shows themselves, how long does this take from like idea to shooting to editing, and when it shows up on YouTube, how long is that process? Uh, well, the beginning episodes were shorter, so it was a there was a quick turnaround. There was a point where I was cranking out an episode a week, mm-hmm. but as it got to like, for example, the finale episode, yeah. that took pretty much all of December because I really wanted it perfect and I had a mm-hmm. lot more scenes and mm-hmm. it just I really tried to, to focus on making the production more dynamic in a lot of ways. So it definitely took about a month i think for that so by the end of it they were almost taking a month okay okay and yeah God, so how do you balance so that with your nine to five with your regular with your regular job and your creative job how do you balance the two um by not having much of a life outside of work <laughs> <laughs> well i'm joking but also kind of serious because i mean for example while i'm editing an episode i don't see anything but the screen all day from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep because on the subway commute to work Mm -hmm. I'll edit and then I'm at work all day on the way home I'll edit and then I'll edit all the way up until I'm going to sleep Mm -hmm. which I usually will stay up late because it it takes a very long time for editing especially and uh shooting is a whole different ball game because there's so many different scenes and there's people in oh so many different people and yeah. then just coordinating schedules and then it's it's definitely very difficult in general to do that like it it's funny because I feel like it looks all fun and flashy on screen <laughs> like oh oh they're having so much fun and it's not that we aren't having fun or I can only speak for myself too since I write produce direct act Mm -hmm. video edit market for it i do pretty much almost everything Mm -hmm. other than videography i'm not behind the camera if i'm in the shot but if i'm not in the shot i am behind the camera a lot Mm -hmm. of the time and so pretty much doing all of that is very stressful and so it's kind of nice to be in a break right now because i put a lot of pressure (laughs) around myself but that's why it's very great to be getting this gas right now because nice to take a break but also you know be able to appreciate what's um what's been accomplished well uh, please do take all the time you need to pump out this content because you (laughs) really like bro you have really done a really good job i i've seen so much of either myself some friends some past experiences some stuff that i've maybe been adjacent to like different situations in (laughs) these stories and it's Ah, again, it's so refreshing. It's probably because we're starred for content like this. You know, you don't. Right. It's truly black sex in the city. And for someone who's only visited New York a few times, I get a feel. Let me see. Almost like New York, the, and I may be reaching and let me know, but the personality or the spirit of a young New York is also in these Shows because you have people who are residences of the New York City, and it's very different from if you had a shot this in Chicago, or if you shot it in Detroit, or if you shot it in Miami. I just it True. feels familiar from what 
I am aware of through TV and through visiting, not as a resident. Um, yeah, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it does. It does. Oh, man. Okay. So also, uh, I'm just happy that you enjoy the content, bro. I I honestly do, and I'm to the point now where I'm like, okay, where? Why didn't I know about this show prior? Like, why am I just now finding out about this show? Like, it's eh, well. You have a fan now, a subscriber now. Hey, yo, uh, listeners, subscribe, <laughs> goddammit. When you're listening to this episode, yeah. don't just tweet. Go ahead and subscribe to, <laughs> to these damn films, goddammit. Yeah, like, the show is honestly great. I just can't even lie. <laughs> there you go, there You gotta you go. subscribe. Now, what's up with the cast? Now, this is, uh, I don't know the technical term, but like a revolving cast. Different people in and out. Some are... Regular, yeah. sort of. Where's the cast? Are these friends? Are these actors? You've like, what is the cast? So season one was difficult because I literally didn't even have you know anything to show for myself. Mm-hmm. So getting actual actors was, I mean, virtually impossible. So just thinking through some of the episodes, well, but I have friends who are actors, but sometimes people would be visiting from out of town, mm-hmm. or it would be a friend who is. Like, Like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. But then, you know, you can kind of tell that they don't necessarily want to act anymore. (laughs) Because I learned from doing this that most people are not really comfortable being on screen. Mm -hmm. And so it just was definitely a revolving cast, season one especially. I was doing just really doing whatever I had to do to just get my visions to come to life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel that I was even worth anybody wanting to, because we, I was also releasing an episode almost every week. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel like I was worth anybody spending each of their weekends without being on some type of payroll. But season two ended up, um, by then I actually had real actors in all of the episodes, which was great. And there were a couple times, though, it's like life things would come up. And since I just, you know, was everything was in beginning stages, I didn't have anything drawn up to the point that, like, people would, I mean, have penalty if they mm-hmm. couldn't come back. So, for example, one person was a senior in their acting school, so then their schedule got busy. He was in season one, episode one. Mm-hmm. Or no, season two, episode one, I mean. So he was, like, not going to be available until the summer again and then another person had a conflict come up so that happens at times but it was definitely much easier on the actor front season two because before i had to reach out to people but people mm-hmm. started reaching out to me okay. for season two so that just made it way easier okay okay that's what's up what shit okay cool yeah because I, I i looked at it, i'm like damn this is a lot of people you know i would imagine maybe some friends but yeah, and being that this is a relatively new series, ah, man, yeah, I don't know. Again, you, you got a fan. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, the filming process. Talk about that because you did say you know at first you used your phone and then you invested in some equipment. Yeah. Um, I guess was it was it more difficult or was it just let me get because I'm taking it more seriously. Let me um, get some professional equipment. Like, what is that process like? Um, I really just knew that in order for the show to have kind of more production value, I was going to need a professional camera. I knew I needed lights. I knew I needed a microphone. And even still, of course, I didn't necessarily have, you know, a multi-million dollar budget for my equipment. Like, in the future, I would love to be using a camera that's like, say, $5,000 or something, mm-hmm. just super quality. 
my equipment in total, the things I got were less out like probably only or maybe less than 2000 total or something like that. So mm-hmm. my production value got to increase, but I definitely am excited for the next show because I've learned more. I also had it. This was my first time doing everything, editing, shooting, directing, videography. I really just learned as I went. Mm-hmm. And so I think the way I feel is that um, the season finale of season two is just by far the best like produced and best executed episode. But when people watch the episodes, their favorite, it's funny to me because mm-hmm. their favorite doesn't depend necessarily on or what they like doesn't depend on little errors I see in production back mm-hmm. at times just because learning the craft has definitely been um it's been a steep learning curve for me in ways since mm-hmm. I was so adamant about staying on a strict schedule. It's like yeah. I was forcing myself to stress to combustion in order to <laughs> release these episodes. So but it's definitely been a blessing though because uh in nine months I definitely learned a lot and I'm proud of how things ended up. So Yeah, yeah so am I. I'm proud of it too, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, I um uh, bro, I, I this is good. I do agree that the uh season two finale was like the biggest, I guess, fanciest type episode, but I do like watching that um learning curve or that process or that the uh, the growth seeing different things that you're doing differently and having it all kind of come to a head at that season two finale. That was, um, yeah, that was good. I'm happy that you think that way. I really wanted this, that finale to be like the climax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad. Well, you, you did a good job. Now with that being said is season two, the finale, is that it for black sex in the city? Like, was that, that is it for black sex in the city. Okay. Okay. It is, yeah, sadly. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some questions I have, goddammit, and I'm, 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 I'm trying to not spoil them, but spoilers, y'all. Uh, best oh, friend. Oh, spoilers are fine. I think spoilers are fine. What the fuck is up with best friend? I was, I was pissed the fuck off when she texts when she put that shit on Instagram. What, what the fuck is up with that? <laughs> what? I was like, why don't you just fucking call this nigga and see? Like, why you? Do- What's up with her? Bro. You know, she was quite irrational with that action. Yeah, yeah. And that was sad to see her go. It was kind of funny because I built her up as like this nice, supportive friend who gives the great advice and is always there for you. And it looked like the other guy was giving me the messy one who I don't end up friends with. But then, (laughs) bro. Yeah, I decided to go because. The other thing is that I I wrote all the episode like I didn't know where things were going next really. Whenever I was writing an episode, all I had in my head was what I was writing that episode. Okay. There were only certain things where I was like, okay, when I started deciding where I wanted season 2 to end, mm-hmm. I had to keep that in mind somewhat. Yeah. But it's, it's like every time I sat down to write, I was like, okay, how can I kind of have twists? Yeah. How can uh, I have unexpected uh. so some of the cleverness and stuff was like in hindsight okay so (laughs) well hindsight 2020 whatever you did it i when i okay i'm i'm focused on this because me and my homegirl spent a lot of time talking about this part and about how silly that 
she was fucking acting, but how, you know, real it is. You do have <laughs> certain times where certain things, no matter how cool you are, get in the way of your level head. And though we were frustrated yeah. with her, I'm sure there is a bunch of people going through some shit like that right now. Uh, Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, and that and not to get too deep, but it it um it also it, it kind of scared me watching her reaction. Um, you did a good job at handling it. I think the show was still entertaining. It was funny, and the serious parts were serious. But I had this like feeling in the back of my head that it was going to go to that. You know how you some people can be friends with other people, and then soon as something happens, now you every fag in the book you gay you did like i just i was like oh is it gonna go to this point where she i was so nervous Dang. For that. in hindsight that would in hindsight that would have been nice to do oh, <laughs> that would have been real <laughs> it, was... it definitely could have gone down like that yeah yeah i mean and, and oh. it, it, it happens you know uh, daily i don't know the statistics it but it does happen it and I'm sure many folks, trans, gay, and the other, have been through that. You know, the stories are out there. Yeah. Um, yes, I was just so nervous. Like, ah, oh, she gonna, she gonna hit him with the f bomb. She gonna, <laughs> but she didn't. So no, nope, she's just gonna <laughs> drop his nude. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, and even that. Okay, this is another thing that I think is the brilliance of this damn series. Like I was telling my homegirl, I'm gonna keep bringing her up. <laughs> there is that series of episodes <laughs> where there's. You know, the breakup with homeboy, and then there's like the I gotta find me, and then there is, you know, the party and whatnot. But even best friend finding out about, you know, the news and stuff, so much of that moment was already kind of Easter eggs laid down or shit that you don't realize is about to come up later. And I really appreciated that. Even his nudes that were in another episode, like it just felt like it was a good callback to make everything one cohesive project. I really enjoyed that. I, uh, yeah. I'm happy that you liked it. <laughs> yeah, for I real. So like you, you did that. You did that. So I, I, like I said, kudos. I think that this is a good, I don't know, portfolio, uh, history resume or whatever to what I'm sure you're going to do for in the future this is just it's just good it's a solid project and i do enjoy black sex in the city i everyone go out and watch it god damn it get them uh them views up. yes watch the show <laughs> watch the show and share it with friends and family just like yeah. you shared it with homegirl yes <laughs> shout out to jakia <laughs> no no with uh black sex in the city is there and I say this because there's so much Marvel Cinematic Universe, DC Cinematic Universe. Is there a Black Sex in the City extended universe that now you're going to have another show that exists? Or is that not even something you're thinking about? <laughs> um, It definitely uh, is always a possibility. The show, the new show, I mean, it's possible for me to, if I decide to, somehow tie something in and that might be a fun thing to play with it'll just depend but the new show Mm -hmm. the concept i mean yeah there i'm still kind of fleshing out the idea Mm -hmm. but there are some in some ways connections to the show it's complicated (laughs) look i'm I'm ready for it yeah i'm just excited about this next project because one of my frustrations a lot of the time with black sex in the city became 
feeling creatively confined because from the beginning, it wasn't like I went in like, okay, I've been like marinating on this creative vision for a while and building it for a while. Now I'm ready to like bring it to life. It was like, I was just learning and deciding on things in the moment. Mm -hmm. So now getting to have more foresight and really make not only each episode dynamic, but the show's concept as a whole, just as dynamic as the episodes. Cause what you're saying, um, a lot of the time, is that uh, the episodes within each episode is very, very dynamic. Like, there's a lot of dynamic parts. Mm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the concept of Black Sex in the City isn't necessarily as dynamic as the next concept of my next show will be, oh. if that makes any sense. Oh, look. So, okay. not, so it'll just be the other layer of not only every episode and, and every season being packed with so much, but also what the show is even saying from the get-go what the premise of it is that's what i can't wait for so i'm just excited (laughs) well and again kudos to you because even watching through because i have some episodes playing now while we're talking and for this not to be something that you i guess kind of knew you wanted to do or or was the the goal these camera angles this like Going back and forth, like yeah, it's 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 really solid. Like honestly, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at it even just uh, content aside or um or the, the yeah show idea aside, just looking at the images. You're doing a really good job at telling a story in a way that you would see a story being told on TV. It's so uh, I think you're doing damn good, hell. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I just. I feel like I mainly with the angles and all that type of stuff. I haven't really ever had any film classes or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but I just have certain shows that I really like. And it's almost like I studied what works Mm -hmm. or what I believe artist subjective. So I kind of just have studied what I believe works and what I believe doesn't work Mm -hmm. and what kind of makes shows tick for me. And I've just tried to apply that to my own unique ideas so i'm glad that you like the angles and all that <laughs> no for real yeah because you you did that it's i don't know all of, i don't want to kind of compare it to any other show but when i watch it i do feel that insecure i feel that uh living single i feel it just and again it may be just because you're starved for this type of content queer folks on screen just living a regular ass life being funny having these you know comedic moments having some serious shit and also, it's stuff that folks are dealing with today. Social media, um, shit, STD talks, uh, coming out to your family. Like, a lot of this is stuff that is kind of specific to this community. But, again, it's normalized. It's not the gay episode of this show or the token gay and his struggles in this show. It's, man, yeah, carefree and gay. It's just and, people. Yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> people and it's like not all the characters on the show are the same mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even, so like yeah no uh, uh, yeah <laughs> so uh listen if y'all don't if this week this episode ends and you don't go and check this shit out there is a problem go and fucking look at this yeah this work this is this uh, this honestly has made my day. I've just been smiling ear to ear well, during this. So, I'm glad, I'm glad. yeah, because man, for real, it's, this is a blessing. Oh my god, bro! And even I'm gonna keep it going. Even these like sex scenes, they're 
they're tasteful scenes and they make sense within the show. It's not Game of Thrones gratuitous nudity. <laughs> it's it fits. It is, <laughs> yeah. Bro. Yeah. I, yeah. I start because I don't even think I start the first sex scene was until episode seven of season one. Mm-hmm. And even that was literally three seconds of kissing. Cause I just it, even I felt like that was a lot, but it's funny when you say that I do remember that shows on actual TV have like bare new sex, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And if I have a two second pet kiss, I'm like, oh god, was this too far? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Now, I, I will say it's probably not safe for work, but I watched it anyway. <laughs> but it was, but even some of the sex scenes have the like comedic stuff in it. Like I think um, that was important the, for me to do. It, and you, you did it. You did a good job. I, um, I know the the Sleeping Beauty comment. Uh, I think was it in. <laughs> the finale i just was like this nigga yes ah yeah (laughs) so (laughs) and to see like two males in the like and again i I really harp on the way that i feel the show is handling these queer interactions be it a dl guy two you know gay guys one out one not but just this space that we're in this intimate room and we're dealing with all of this emotional stuff be it funny silly stuff like being on the phone and not paying attention to your lover or talking about coming out or being (laughs) angry like you're really doing a damn good job at portraying these relationships Uh, oh my gosh (laughs) i i really am literally speechless at (laughs) the gas right now this is amazing Thank okay. you so much. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. Uh, keep oh. keep on pumping out content because even if this is the end for uh, Black Six in the City, I my personal opinion is it was a very good, solid project. Like that ending was good. That was a, a good, satisfying ending to this entire show. So if you never bring it back, I still think that it's it's a good show. Shit. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I really wanted to make it a complete body of work that was important for me because it already was hard enough stopping it because of course i loved the show and i loved doing it mm-hmm. so i was at least gonna have to get myself to the point that i felt like not only the audience had closure but me as yeah. an artist okay. so it definitely was satisfying to feel that that was accomplished good deal good deal. well you did that um now for some young kid or some old ass not old ass or some mature person <laughs> who wants to get into this YouTube gang, who has ideas, who has scripts, or who wants to do something creative, do you have any nuggets, duggets, tokens, any advice for these people? My biggest advice is to just um, start and do it, which I'm sure you've probably heard before, audience members, because when I started, I mean, I didn't know anything. I didn't have the necessary equipment on day one. I, like I told you, I mean, it... I think from the outside, it the entire time I was doing the show, it seemed like I had things more together mentally than I did. It seemed mm-hmm. like I was more calculated than I really was. I was really winging it and was honestly just blessed that God was meeting me halfway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just trust in the process to work out if you just take that leap of faith. And not only take the initial leap of faith to start, but stay consistent because... Mm-hmm. In our day and age, I believe that consistency is one of the big keys to really succeeding in a field like this. Because even I look at a like even when you look at the big celebrity stars who made like Cardi B, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. ever since Bodak Yellow, she has been consistently dropping music, singles, videos, concerts. She's taking little breaks. Even the baby made her take some breaks. Yeah. But, but you have to treat it like work. From work, you're not going to take a seven-month vacation. Mm. You're just not. So it's fine to take a month. It's fine to take three weeks. It's fine to take two months if you have to. But stay consistent because it makes a big difference. Ooh, yeah, you you said it there. And that's usually my advice as well because even if your content isn't that great, not referring to Black Sex in the City, that's not it. But in general, if you don't feel like your content is that great, <laughs> consistency will get you a lot further than a great show that comes out once one episode a year. So, yeah. I, right, because I, I people will forget about anybody. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're Beyonce. Like, Beyonce can do the whole, like, oh, I'm mysterious and I'm completely out of the public's eye online. Mm-hmm. Well, no, she'll be in it online, but she knows she can do the whole mystery yeah. thing. But my other advice is to remember that we are not Beyonce. Damn. We got to put in that work <laughs> and we have to put in work in order to expand our reach and get our art seen. Mm. So put in that work and believe that you are worth the work necessary that it's going to take to get your art seen. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree tenfold. That's, and that is the truth, you know, because over here on this podcast and this house, we do support Beyonce. So good reference, but yeah, um, yeah, you <laughs> just put in the effort, y'all. You, Bro, just to see what you've come up with shooting guerrilla style, having your phone and then getting some more equipment, but then also having friends and, and, and using, you know, what you have and people visiting in town. I think that this is kind of a love letter to the creative that you just fucking do it. Like, if you, <laughs> if you got to play every character yes. until you can get some more people, do it. Like, you... Do right. <laughs> do there it. were points where there literally was only a tripod I was shooting on for a lot of episodes in the first season because where was I going to get a videographer? I didn't even have anything to show for myself to show that I was worth all all the work that videography is because these shoots are hours and Mm -hmm. hours. It is not quick. Like, it is a very long process. Yeah. So whatever you have to do, if you are sitting in front of the tripod, do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, kudos to you and to everyone i really enjoy seeing all these different men and women and however they identify these people on your show oh my god it was it was it was a wild ride i enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm so happy you liked it now i want to go back and watch my episodes and watch what you were watching (laughs) yeah yeah please do please do i'm you know and speaking of like i'm looking through i'm trying to figure out i don't know what would be my favorite i don't know if i have a favorite episode i know there are certain scenes in different episodes that stuck out to me um i felt triggered by the uh social media one where homeboy wouldn't get off his phone while he was on a date because i i do that so I, i felt a little attacked because I am always on my damn phone. <laughs> but watching that, <laughs> I know, nigga, just for at least for the first 30 minutes, have your phone down. So, <laughs> so I feel yeah, called that out. One was silly. Yeah, that one was funny. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so. that- oh, fuck. Yeah. Nigga. I just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so, I mean, is there... Any, I don't know, any more to uh, Black Sex in the City? Is there anything else that you feel like you want to get out to the audience or anything else you want to say about your your projects, no matter how big or small? I just want to say to definitely check out Black Sex in the City. Comment 
on it, subscribe, reach out to me on social media to discuss. And if you want to work together, you just want to let me know anything, just reach out, engage. I respond to everybody, which actually drains a lot of energy at times because there's a lot of messages to respond to. But I really like hearing what people have to say, even during this, like just listening to you as a host has been great. Like I, I love talking about this, whether it's constructive criticism or whatever else. So please just watch the show and then definitely subscribe because the new show will start releasing sometime in early this year, whether it's March or April. Okay, okay. So watch. Ah, ah. So that being said, listeners, make sure you all go out and subscribe. Watch this show. Give some creative uh, content feedback, rather. Don't don't be disrespectful. <laughs> Not that you would. <laughs> all of the links will be in the show notes. Make sure you click that expand button. Comment. Talk about it. Uh, find excuse me, Philip on social media. Let him know what you think about the program. Hey, this... Everybody watch it. Show it to your friends and your mamas. Play yes. it at holiday. <laughs> yes. Yes, please yes, yes. share it. Please share. Word of mouth is the best type of marketing is what I learned in business schools. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why even hearing you talking about uh, showing it to homegirl and talking to her, that has me feeling good. Cause well, good. That's how much I want the yeah. show to be enjoyed. Well, so you got at the very least two new fans here because we was on it today. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Well, shit. Let uh, let these folks know where they can find you, where they can cyberstalk you, and, and and check out all your work. So you can find me at uh, Instagram at Philae P H I L A Y E, Twitter at Philae Films, Facebook at Philae Films, YouTube Philae Films Incorporated. Um, are there any that I forgot? No, those. So yeah, just reach out to me. Follow me. And, yeah, I hope that you enjoy the art. <laughs> Good deal. Well, y'all, of course, you know where to find me. I am Rain Comey, your Carefree Black Nerd. Email me at carefreeblacknerd.com. On Twitter, Carefree Blurred. All of the social media, Carefree Black Nerd. Uh, make sure you check out this man's work. Look at these films. Uh, subscribe, like, rate, review, whatever. Do all that good shit. <laughs> and um, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, stay black and sex in the city. That's <laughs> 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 it. And so um, meet me back here, same nerd time, same nerd station. <laughs>